Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Praise the Lord. Are you well today? Muko salama. Acha mimi niko salama. And I'm very prepared. Bwana sifiwe. Um, so we are looking at the book of Joshua chapter 6, yes? So kindly, every people, tusaidieni. Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. None went out and none came in. And uh, the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of Vela. Stop there. We are only going to focus on verse 2. Praise the Lord. I don't think I will do you service if we try to rush through chapter 6. Pastor Doc did more than service in helping us out with chapter 6. Many details, very well covered, very ably so. And we thank the Lord for you so much. Pastor Doc, thank you. Pastor Stanklaus, I honor you, my brother. And you know that I love you very much from the bottom of my heart, yeah? So, the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of Vela. So, we are going to focus on just two statements from this particular verse. Because that is what God has put in my heart, as far as uh, the service is concerned. And uh, we will uh, look into a couple of details. Okay, so please go back to verse 1. There is something I want us to... Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. So we are talking about um, conquering your mountain, yes? Do you have a mountain? Are you sure? Do you have a mountain? How will you know you've conquered it? So keep those questions in your mind somewhere, right? Because we will be trying to keep up with that theme. So he said, Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel, because of the children of Israel. That means Israel besieged the city of Jericho. Okay? They besieged the city of Jericho. And their interest was upon this city to take it over. But we are soon going to see something here about taking that which the Lord has offered. All right? Very important. Now, the Bible says no one went out and no one came in, which seems to imply that this should be the normal way of life. When it's time for you to get into something, you get in. When it's time to come out, you get out. No struggles. Nothing limiting your feet. Nothing limiting your steps. It is the normal way of life. Jesus said, I am the door. If any man shall come in by me, he said, 
that this person shall find life. Then he said, he shall come in and go out and find pasture. Now, in the days of Moses, the Bible tells us that when God brought out the children of Israel from Egypt, it tells us that he brought them out to bring them in. Now, the difference between Jesus and Moses is Moses starts from Egypt and draws the children of Israel out. Then he brings them into what God has promised. But Jesus says, you will not go out then, come in. He says, you will come in first and then go out. Because Jesus doesn't call you while he is in the place of bondage. Moses was in the place of bondage. All right? Jesus doesn't call you from the place of bondage. He calls you first to himself, to where he is. Now, this is important. Very big theme in the scriptures. Now, let's go back to verse 2. Oh, there it is. Thank you so much, my brother. This is a good job. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and shall find pasture. Can you see the order is reversed? Okay, let's go back to the book of Joshua. Verse 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See! Comma. I have given into your hand Jericho. Two things. He says, See! I have given. See! I have given. Tell your neighbor, See! I have given. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Now, when God says, see, in Joshua chapter 6, what he's telling this man is, convince yourself what I'm telling you. That's, that's the actual definition of the word translated to see. It's a Hebrew word that sounds weird. All those words, they just sound weird, okay? So that one sounds something like, in English, rawaw. But it's actually spelled R-A-apostrophe-A-H, okay? Now that particular means to get to the point of bringing something near, abreast, where you can see it and experience it. Okay? Now, God is talking to Joshua, the God language. God doesn't talk like men. If you're going to get into what God is calling you to get into, you are not going to craft your way into it. You can't craft your way into it. You're not going to find it. You're going to have to do it the way God says. Praise the Lord. He said, See what I am saying. If you don't see it, you're not going to get there. Praise the Lord. If you will look at the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. You know the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Now what that means is not that uh, if Pastor Kevin says something, and then uh, Brother Sean says the same thing, and then uh, Joy Lindsay says uh, the same thing, now it is established. No. That is a spiritual law. In other words, if God says one thing to person A, 
And then he says the same thing to person B. Then he says the same thing to person C. You can take it as a standard doctrine. In short, you can stake your life on it. It will never change. Which means that that is the type of knowledge that you can build your life on. Now, we are not called to build our lives on prophecy. Do you understand? We are not called to be seeking someone to prophesy or to declare a word of our lives. We are called to have the word of God that is established upon the testimony of two or three witnesses as the foundation of our lives. This is the one that you can approach the throne of grace with and cash in. Do you understand? Come on, people. You are not responding. Let's assume that you understood. Beloved brethren at the back, let's have Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's help them understand, yeah? Jeremiah chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign, carry on. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim. Mark it. The word came once. Then God let Jeremiah handle what had come. Then he says that another time, God spoke again. And then he stepped, uh, he stepped aside. Now, many times, this is what our relationship is like with the Lord. You know, some people assume that God needs to be talking to you all the time. All the time, all the time. No, God gives you a word by which you can live. So that you can replicate results based on what he said. Until you receive some more. To the degree of God's word that you receive, to that degree you will walk in abundance with the Lord. Everything is promised to you, but you will take it by a word. You will take it by a word. With every word that God re releases into your life, that you receive into your life, you can take a new step and you can occupy that space. Do you understand me? He said that the word of the Lord came to him again. In the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and to the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and to the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Uh -huh. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Uh-huh. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. Now, this word that he's saying, behold, is the same one that God was saying to Joshua, behold, see. So, Jeremiah is trying to appeal to God's vision. He's like, Lord, do you not see where I am? Do you not see the limitation of my account? Do you not see the capacity of my education? Do you not see my preparation for ministry? Do you not see that I am coming out of a broken relationship? Lord, behold, do you not see? I cannot speak, for I am a child. And I carry on. But the Lord said unto me, say not. <laughs> my, my, my. That can be a whole sermon all by itself. Say not, I am a child. Now, was it true that he was a child? Yes. But why was God saying, say not? You see, there are many of you who like to testify to your circumstances. 
you are, you enjoy testifying to what you're going through he said say not i am a child you like to testify to what you have in your account and what you don't have god says say not praise the lord he said for you shall go to all that i shall send you and whatever i command you you shall speak praise the lord uh-huh be not afraid of their faces for i am with you to deliver you saith the lord now you will find out something concerning that statement that he just said be not afraid of their faces very very important every time you find god trying to deal with people's vision this must come into play every single time and i'm going to show that to you okay be not afraid of their faces for i am with thee to deliver thee saith the lord uh-huh then the lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth hey and the lord said unto me behold i have put my words in your mouth now did god take words and put them into his mouth when god said to josh to joshua i have given you jericho and its king and its mighty men did he take them and put him to put them into joshua's pocket did joshua receive a title deed you see some of you are waiting to testify after you've seen it come to pass it will be too late you may wait for a long time it may never come if you don't learn god's language of calling things that be no as though they were you may never come into the experience of what god is giving to you because it he doesn't give you when he says stanklaus i give unto you ruaka he says lift up your eyes sir and see if you say i will believe it when i see it god will start looking for someone else you know the bible says that his eyes are running to and fro across the whole face of the earth looking for the person whose heart is fully committed to him that he may strengthen that one so he is always searching god is always at a search his eyes are always at a search the bible tells us that the the keeper of israel does not sleep what is he doing when he's not sleeping looking he's looking he's scanning across the earth looking for someone whose heart is given to him that he may put strength on that one oh yeah yeah so you see some of you are waiting to be strengthened fast before you can be committed when god gives me this job then i will give the goel offering when god gives me a certain amount of money then i will partner with rivers church okay no i'm not trying to coerce you into giving to rivers okay if you're not giving you're already on the wrong side of that equation just for your information all right praise the lord he said then the lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the lord said unto me behold the same word again see that i have put my words in your mouth which means the touch was not the revelation hey that he touched your mouth doesn't mean you know his words are in your mouth he said you've got to see what i'm saying see that i have put my words in your mouth 
see it that way. Carry on. See, I have this day. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, number one, to pull down, number two, to destroy, three, to throw down, four, to build and to plant, five and six. Now, this reveals to us God's vision concerning the status quo in the world. Now, when, you see, when we look at your life, the reason why God made sure that this was written is because this is what is going to help you chart your course to fulfill destiny. We are talking about destiny keys, yes? Therefore, now you see, for you to open a door doesn't mean you have stepped in. Is that right? So you can have a key and you're still outside. Is that so? So you need to use the key and walk in. Correct? Okay. Now, the Bible shows us that knowledge is a key. Jesus is the one that said to the doctors of the law, he said that you have the key of knowledge, but you will not use it to go in. And you're also hindering those who would enter to enter. Is that correct? Which means that knowledge is a key as far as God is concerned. What you know can open things. Hey, if you didn't value knowledge for the simple fact that Jesus said knowledge is a key, you should change your mind. Praise God. He said that God was looking at the earth, looking at the nations and the kingdoms, and then he says to one man, that boss, open your eyes and see, from today you are above them. Now, did God make Jeremiah the president? There was no UN for Jeremiah to lead. Some of you are assuming that when you finally get that job at the UN, you will now conquer the mountain of governments. There is someone that you don't know that God has already given authority to over the UN. They may not even be in the UN. There are people in this land that God has already given East Africa. While the nations are still trying to form the structures of EAU, there are people to whom God has already put authority over these regions. And let me tell you, that can be you. It can be you. He said, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Then he says six things, four out of which are destructive, reconstructive, demolition, which means as far as God is concerned, when he was looking at the world, the world was four out of six in need of correction. Including the people in the world. Because when he's talking about kingdoms and nations, he's talking about the people. So he was seeing that the dire need. Now this is the day of Jeremiah. The population was very low. Life expectancy was very low. This is why the Israelites needed a, a promise. A promise of age of years. Because there wasn't a lot of medicine. And there was a lot of sickness. So many people would not reach old age. It's a big deal when you see in the Bible that the scriptures are saying so and so lived to a certain ripe age. 
It was a big blessing for them. This is one of the things that made Israel a very strange nation on the earth. Because apparently, people in Israel used to live until they are old. In most of the kingdoms of the earth, they didn't have that kind of blessing. That's why people will have so many children, because they didn't know who will survive. But God gives a promise and he tells the children of Israel, as for your children, they are a blessing. You are blessed if your quiver is full of them. Because they were the redemptive people representing God's plan on the earth. Therefore, the more the people God has, you know people don't know this, but the more the people God has, the more he can accomplish. In this planet, the more the people God has in the church, the more he can bring his plans to pass. Many churches are failing simply because they have no vision for multiple people. The Bible says the ruin of the prince is in the scarcity of people. But the delight of the king is in multitudes. Now, you also, God has given you this great vision concerning your life. And you keep believing God for this financial future. If all you think about is you owning a business and running it, you're already failing God. Okay, let me spare you. You know, the Bible says there are four out of six to destroy. But then he says only two things to construct, to build and to plant. Which means as far as God was concerned, only 33% of his vision for life is for construction. Do you know why it has to be this way? And he doesn't start with the construction before he deconstructs. Because there are things if God builds in your life, in the presence of those which need to be taken out, that which needs to be taken out will destroy what he's bringing in. This is why many Christians, for a long time, your experience is God is pruning, God is pruning, God is pruning, and you wonder what's the problem. It's because he's preparing you for what he's planting and what he's building. Don't be discouraged when your life doesn't seem like what it's supposed to be. That is not an indication of who you are. It simply means God is at work. Let your faith rise above circumstances. Let your faith go beyond your experience. Your experience is not a doctrine. Your experience is not meant to shape your mind. It is not a truth. Are we together? Praise the Lord. But then he finally says to build and to plant. Carry on. Verse 11. Now listen to this very carefully. Our first key is vision. And that's all, that's all we are going to talk about today. Just vision. So anytime you see God talking about sea, it's a certain type of vision. It's a certain type of vision. And it's very important for God. Okay? Now look at what the Bible says here. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Now, remember, God has already empowered this man. He is already anointed. He has already received the call. But you're about to find out, in the absence of God's vision, it doesn't matter what your calling is. It doesn't matter what your calling is. And do you know to be a Christian is a calling? To be a Christian is a calling. The apostles keep saying it. And to the church which is at Rome, 
grace and peace from God and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, called to be saints. Sainthood is a calling. To receive Jesus, were you not called by a preacher? God used a preacher to call you. That tells you being a Christian is a calling. Now, despite the fact that you are called, at the very least, you don't have to be a prophet or... As long as you are called of God, this is a must. This is the reason why God made sure it was written. And I will show you multiple scriptures talking about the same thing. Joshua was the first one. Look at it. He said, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? The question is, what do you see? When you see your body, what do you see? When you look at the governments, what do you see? When you see Kenya, what do you see? Or do you only see what Jichopevu is showing you? What do you see? He said, what do you see? Now, this should tell you, God is not asking Jeremiah, what does God see? Again, we comfort ourselves by saying things like, God knows. He has always known, and it has not changed your life yet. He has known everything. At all times. But it still has not changed your life. So why don't you stop saying things like, God knows to imply that that is enough to impact your life. It is not enough. Praise the Lord. God knows is not a consolation. You can die in the presence of an all-knowing God. Many people have died in the presence of an all-knowing God that should not have died. Many people have suffered that should not have suffered. Many have been stopped in life and paralyzed that should not have been paralyzed. Because they console themselves with God knows. When God is saying, what do you see? Why didn't he say, do you know what I see? He said, what do you see? God is more concerned about what you see. He knows that he can see. He wonders whether you see. This is where the spies that went to spy out the promised land failed. It was in this. And let me tell you, I'm going to show it to you right now from the book of Numbers. God said the exact same thing. He said the exact same thing to Moses. And Moses made sure, he told these guys that what you see in that land is a test. And he gave them the leakage. And ten of them still failed. The scriptures give us the leakage for life. Look. For those of you who keep on getting buffeted by what you experience. Jesus already promised it. He said in this world you shall have tribulation. You. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He immediately shifts your attention from the tribulation to something else. The question is, what is that thing? Do you see it? If you don't see that thing, despite the fact that what Jesus said you had, you will still be moved. Oh God, 
Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Kevin, what do you see? It's not a question of, ah, I am only a Kenyan. I have a common name. How many pastors called Kevin do you know? I am on, I, I am, I'm only a Kenyan. You know, we have these wicked stereotypes that they attach to some of our names. God forbid. Wicked, wicked. Wicked, we rebuke. In Jesus' name. You see, you can be called Jeremiah and become a thief. That you're called Jeremiah doesn't mean you're a prophet. So parents, those of you who are planning to have children, that you called your kid a church name does not guarantee the future. If you, the Bible says, train up a child despite his name. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even if his name is opposite, when he grows, he will not depart from it. God gave you the leakage. Train up the child. He didn't say give it to an institution for an institution to train. Train up your child, your own. Before the, let your voice be more influential than the voice of a teacher in school. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Let's move on to the next verse. Time is rushing, my God. <laughs> I see a rod of an almond tree. Now then the Bible says, then said the Lord unto me. You have seen well. Listen to this. For I will hasten my word to perform it. He is only committed to fulfill what you saw well. Not what you saw. You know, sometimes God speaks to people, but they hear what they think, not what God said. Do you remember in the days after the resurrection of Christ, Jesus was talking to Peter. And he said to Peter, all these things, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. And in his house, there is a difference between sheep and lamb. Because the ones who feed the sheep are the shepherds. But the lambs do not follow the shepherd. The lambs follow the sheep. Never compare your life and the results of them with someone else's in the church. You do not know where they are with the Lord. Don't look at someone and say, oh, such and such is happening to so and so. Is something wrong with my believing? Is something wrong with me as a Christian? Because you're using the wrong measurement. Don't measure your life by looking at someone else's life. Praise the Lord. He said, you have seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now that day when Jesus was talking to Peter, he said these things to Peter. And then eventually, Peter was looking at John. And John is the one actually who writes about this. He says Peter was looking at John as Jesus puts on him all this responsibility and he's wondering, where is the fun in this? So then he asks, he tags the Lord and he says, what about this guy? This ninja over here, what about him? Anakwanga too next to you all the time. How come I'm the one getting all the difficult responsibilities? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if I wish that he lives until I come, what is that to you? Now, <laughs> Peter... The Bible says, John said, that therefore a saying became rampant amongst the disciples. They started discussing amongst themselves that uh, <laughs> this man will not die. 
But you see, that is not what Jesus said. So Apostle John says, even though that saying was rampant amongst the disciples, he said, that is not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if I will that he lives until I come, what is that to you? Now, you see, many times when God speaks, we hear what we think. And this is our trouble. We see God through the lens, the spectacles of our circumstances, our past, our limitations. God is not consulting your limitations when he's telling you about your potentials. That's why he needs you to see what he is saying. Now, there you go. The goal of your vision should be to see, to visualize, to convince yourself. When he says see, it's a verb which I checked in all forms implies you taking what he said and convincing yourself. You see, he will say something that may be completely diametrically opposite to your experience. But when he says, see, what he's saying, take my word and use it as your spectacles and convince yourself that this is it. Now, he said to him, don't be afraid of their faces, right? Just before he asked him, what do you see? Now, let's go to the book of Numbers and check something out. Numbers chapter 13. My gosh, where is gone time? <laughs> Listen to me. What I'm sharing with you is something for you to incorporate into your system and use it. If you don't get to use it, it is a waste. Now, I want us to move down to... Okay, let's start with the Lord. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, uh -huh. Send thou men that they may search. He didn't say that they may listen. That they may search. That tells you this is a test. Do you understand? He said, send men. He didn't say, send them that they may find. Which means this thing that go, there is something that is concealed. It's not obvious to see. Come on, somebody. Can you search for me? No, search for me. I'm here. You can see me. Search for me. You can't search for me. I'm readily available, right? For God to say search, it means there was something in Canaan that was not obvious to see. There is a way you need to be trained to see life for you to enter the place that God wants you to get into. Without that training, you will fail. Do you guys realize that amongst the fourth most commandments of the Lord to the church is discipleship? I wonder why many of us find discipleship to be a special class. It is mandatory. That's why you ought to have started. When you got born again, you should have gotten born again into discipleship. This is why many Christians have strange spiritual languages. Strange. When they speak, in heaven it's a distortion. It's like someone trying to look for, you're trying to look for a channel, you can't find what those guys are transmitting. Because they speak strange things. God wonders, where are you from? Are you my child? 
the Bible says that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. It is given, but it is preconditioned on those who can see it correctly. The thing was here right away. If you are reading the book, before you discovered that the people failed in the wilderness, right here you should have been able to see ahead that it is, there is a chance some people might fall. Because what if they search and they don't find what God is saying? Some people came to church looking for certain things. They search, they search, they search with carnal minds, carnal eyes. After a while, they get tired. They didn't find what they came for. They go out. Because they came with a preconceived mentality. Thinking God will fit into their box. You ought to be the one fitting into his plan. It's not about you coming up and conjuring things and asking God, Oh God, bless this. Oh God, bless this. Then you go and you withdraw all your money that God has not told you to give. He wanted you to pay rent. You come and you give it at church, you're broke. Then because you are pursuing the wrong thing, it fails. When it fails, ah, Rivers Church is a wicked church. God forbid. Don't be in that company. Send men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give. The problem is not God giving. When will we understand this thing in the church and stop begging God? The he said he was giving before they knew there was a Canaan. Let me tell you, before you believe God for the future, it is already present. It takes the right kind of eyes to see it. And if you don't see it, chances are you will join the company of those who went around the mountain, went around the mountain and died before getting to where God told them to get to. When the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, there is a reason. God is more zealous about changing you than he is about changing your circumstances. That's why he said you be transformed. He didn't say your circumstances will be transformed when your mind is renewed. You know that's what we think. We think that, ah, if I do this thing that Pastor Stan keeps telling us, let me change my mind. Then you expect tomorrow you are a millionaire. Ha. Look, if what you have on the outside is bigger than what you have on the inside, you're in trouble. You're already sinking, you just don't know. But if what you have on the inside is bigger than what you have on the outside, it doesn't matter what life throws at you. Focus on what is on the inside. Focus on what is on the inside. Focus on your divine capabilities. Your ability to see as God says. Do you know the word of God can be seen? The source of vision is the word of God. If your eyes don't see correctly, like that man who was healed by Jesus, then Jesus asked him, what do you see? That question has resounded with God throughout the ages of men. What do you see? He came to Abraham. God tries to convince Abraham. Abraham, I have made a covenant with you. Your seed will be great. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing to the nations. Abraham doesn't believe. Do you know Abraham didn't believe God? Do you know it took more than 25 years before Abraham learned to believe God? Yet God started talking to him. This is 25 years after he came from his father's house. Do not think that Abraham is the blueprint for faith. He is not. Jesus is. 
Many of you. <laughs> My God. Don't worship Bible characters. David is not God. Of all the people mentioned in the Bible, only Jesus is Lord. Never forget that. Only Jesus is Lord. God had to bring Abraham. The Bible says one day, God came to Abraham at night. God is very persistent. And God has been very persistent with some of you. You are in this service. God is persistent. Trying to change your life. Trying to get to your heart. But you keep elbowing God aside. God tries to come. You elbow him aside. He's trying to convince you of something, but you are smarter than God. You have your own concept. I am always like this. This is how I have been brought up. This is the type of person I have been. That's you. You know what the Bible calls that? Stiff naked. He says if you continue to be stiff naked over and over and over, calamity will come suddenly without remedy. In short, it will not be possible to reverse the circumstance at that time. It will be too late for you. There is a time factor to your development and maturity. Take it seriously. God finally came to Abraham in the night. He took him out of the tent, abandoned Sarah. God said to Abraham, now lift up your eyes to the stars. God was helping him. Because God tried telling him the same thing over and over and over. He was not getting. So God brought him out. And he said, now, because you are so carnal, I will help you understand by that which is carnal. So lift up your eyes. Look to the stars. Then God said to him, tell the stars if you can count them. You know, we think that God just says, hey, look at the stars. Can you count them? No. He was challenging Abraham. Start counting them. And then, if you are able, tell them. Then God saw. Abraham, it finally dawned on him what God is trying to say. This has got to be beyond the natural. Then the Bible says, when Abraham looked at it and he saw he couldn't count them, God said, so shall your seed be. Then the Bible says, and Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. That day is when it happened. Not before. All this while God was trying to convince. Now, you see, the trouble is being stiff naked. You need to be like a child with the things of God. The trouble with that is that you keep delaying the same thing. Now, Abraham had to believe for a miracle. Because the Bible says his body was good as dead by the time they were conceiving Isaac. When you the more you delay, the more you'll need rescue. Your pursuit of miracles is not an indication of your spirituality. Miracles should follow you. You are not supposed to be pursuing them. He said, these signs shall follow, follow. Do you follow from before? No, you follow from behind. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall. So this, there are types of miracles that people are pursuing. But there are types of miracles that should pursue you. You should seek to be the Christian whose trail is marked by the supernatural. That's the only time when people look at your life, they'll be like, my God. If it is not, there is a God with this one. There is a God with this one. There is a God with this one. Not by reason of your desperation. 
but by your confidence. Oh God, we have six minutes. <laughs> Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one man a ruler among them. Which means, you know what a ruler is? A ruler is a representation of the people. And the ruler always carries the soul of the multitude. So you can tell what type of people they are by looking at who is their ruler. You see that? That's why if you find corrupt leaders in Kenya, it's a reflection of Kenyans. That's just the truth. Send thou men. Okay, let's move. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Carry on. And these were their names of the tribe of Reuben. Okay, skip, skip the genealogy. I know there is a number of verses that has so many. Yes. Go back just where the genealogy ends. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshe, the son of Nun, Yehoshua. That is Joshua, okay? Very weird naming, eh? And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, now, listen very carefully to what Moses is about to say. These are New Testament principles. Time is not permitting us to cross over, so we will stop here. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get up this way, southward, and go up into the mountain, uh-huh, and see the same word again. God said to Moses, tell them to search. Moses understood what God was saying, because Moses was a prophet, all right? So he's already acquainted with the voice of the Lord. So he says to these guys, see the land, what it is. That should tell you. There is something, every, people may have different opinions when they're bringing the report. But look, he says, and the people that dwell therein, listen to this, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, carry on. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, uh -huh, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, uh -huh, and what the land is, whether it is fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of a good courage. The same thing he said to Jeremiah. Before you get into it, God wants to make sure you are not a partner with fear. Now, if you are planning to get into a business, and this is your life, Pastor Stan, imagine you are a business person. Yeah? And someone comes to you with a proposal, and then they tell you about, they want you to partner with them, and they tell you how they don't see this business working. Just imagine. No, Pastor Joe, imagine some fine gentleman is coming to court your, uh-huh. And then he's like, on your first date, you know, let's just get married, but me, I don't see this thing. Ladies, how would you feel? The date will end, right? This is what many of us do with the Lord. Yes. You disqualify yourself from your own future before God said it is impossible. 
Remember that God already said, I have given them the land. Then he says, now send guys to go and spy. Because if you cannot get this, you will malfunction in that land. You will lose it. You will lose it. So he deals with them. He says, and be of good courage. Remember God didn't tell Moses, tell them to be of good courage. Moses knew this thing from the Lord. This is the way you hack it. So he was like, tell them, be of good. He was like, be of good courage and bring off the fruit of the land. Now he gives them a hint. Remember he had told them, see whether the land is fruitful or lean. So why is he telling them, bring the fruit? How did he know there is fruit and he hasn't gone there? The vision. He can see as God is seeing before he gets there. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes, uh-huh. Oh God, time is up. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin and to Rehob as men come to Hamath. We have to stop there because of time. We've got to stop there. But to make the long story short, guys went into the land. Only two people saw what God said. They are the only ones that we read about in the book of Joshua chapter 6 moving forward. The rest were dead, long gone. They never made it. The Bible says because of their lack of vision, they put the Lord to the test. They committed so many divine crimes. People who, are, who lack a vision developed by the Lord have the same problem. Now let me give you one final verse that you can just use for yourself. And um, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. Listen to this. Where there is no vision, the people, the people, who has the vision? Is it God? No. It's the people. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Then listen to something beautiful. He says there, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Why? Why? Because it is the law that will help him to have vision. The word of God will develop vision in the person that lacks it. Let's rise on our feet. Conclude the service. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.